Hello, this podcast is sponsored by Now Alchemy. Now Alchemy is an amazing company that has formulated the most powerful substance in our body that was taken way back in the Egyptian era known as the food of the gods. Not only does it bring in balance, happiness, and increase your intuition, it decalcifies your pineal gland, which opens up your third eye and increases your light body, allowing your consciousness and your awareness to be open and aware of everything that is going on. The high-level mineral source, which we need today on our planet, is so important. With the fact that the earth itself has been overturned so many times with all of the farming industries, that we do not have access to the rich ormus that is available in this planet. And thanks to now alchemy, we do. We now have the sustenance that our body needs that is brought in from the Himalayan mountains and the Dead Sea. Ormus, which is powerful energy source that moves through your body and brings together a whole synthesis of information to every part of your body. By bringing this mineral source, you are nourishing your body at a cellular level. I love the company for what it stands for and its ethics. And it has been a sponsor of Ancient Wisdom Today podcast since the beginning. And that's why I always ask the tribe to support the sponsors who are sponsoring this show because I go through each of the sponsors with strong ethics and integrity to make sure that whatever they are bringing forth is in align to the planet and into you and for all of us so that we can grow and have health and wellness in our lives. Ormus's company spends a lot of time with advanced scientists, naturopaths, and doctors and herbalists to formulate a sourcing technique that brings in the highest quality of organic ingredients from the most mysterious and desolate countries in order to bring the magic in the bottle, which is Ormus. Now, alchemy is not just for health and wellness community, but for all people seeking to become their greatest version of themselves. And I've been taking this product for many months, and it has been such an addition to my shamanic love that I bring to the world. And how I bring love into the lives of people is by keeping myself healthy and happy and lifted and shifted. By bringing the highest source of minerals in my body, I am able to hold a high vibration of energy and light when doing healing work or when I'm speaking to large groups of people and when I'm here lit and doing Ancient Wisdom Today podcasts. So I invite you to experience the amazingness of Ormus. They have so many powerful selections that you can choose from, from 24 karat gold Ormus to Shilajit to nano-enhanced CBD to Elysium, each bringing a different blend of energy to your body. And I honestly say that this company is really changing the lives of people. Ever since I've mentioned them and shared them with all of the people in the tribe, I've been getting letters and letters of people's lives that have been changing. And not to mention the fact that those who have suffered so many times from PTSD, which is post-traumatic stress disorder, anxiety, depression, confusion, fog brain, and all of these other symptoms that have been plaguing us because of the onslaught of aggressive energies on our planet, by taking Ormus, these things are cleared, neutralized, and allowing you to have more balance and groundedness in who you are, as well as enhancing your mind so that you're able to think clearly and have a stronger focus. You can get Ormus by contacting www.nowalchemy.com. 
www.nowalchemy.com. That's www.nowalchemy.com. And if you use the code SHAMAN, you'll get 11% off every purchase you make. I'm so happy, tribe, that we are putting beautiful things in our body because putting beautiful things in our body is putting beautiful things in our mind and our spirit. And that allows us to shine and radiate our truth in this world as leaders. I love you. Enjoy the share. Human beings have been sharing stories for hundreds of thousands of years. And with those stories came the emotional, spiritual, and physical knowledge of the ancients. Shaman Durek is a sixth-generation shaman, an evolutionary innovator, and a women's empowerment leader. He's here to bring forth the ancient wisdom of our elders to help heal and bring happiness into our modern society. We're sharing ancient knowledge in modern times in order to put the power back in people's hands. Welcome to the tribe. Hello, tribe, and welcome to Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. And I am so happy that we all made the journey from the realm of light into embodiments and are here to be these leaders who've come here to live lit lives and leave legacy and recognize that each of us has this wellspring of knowledge and wisdom and grace and beauty and joy and excellence that just comes to our being naturally when we just allow it to be. And that's the wonderful thing about being you, right? Because we get to experience ourselves through you and through you ourselves because we're one. And that's the greatness of source, right? Is that source shows up in all of us differently so we can learn and experience and expand the universe as these amazing intelligent writers who are writing code into source being amplified into the world and developing new universes new galaxies and new dimensions so i just want to say if anyone hasn't told you today that they love you well let me be the first i love you so much and you mean the world to me and i'm so happy and my inner child is just like fluttering with joy for you for the fact that you exist and so i am so excited because I have Frank Ellaridi in the studio today, who is an Emmy Award journalist who has been really breaking into, and when you think of media, you think of like manipulation, you think of like servants of the matrix and so forth. But literally, this guy has been planted there, right? To bring in fresh information, ideas, and concepts into a world that is only focused on sharing about the horrible things that happen in life, right? Because they're agents of the matrix. But he's been put there as an operative to bring the light into that area so that media and news and information is developed and changed in a way that allows us to evolve, to grow, and to see more that's out there that most people aren't aware of. And that's a very powerful place to be, especially in this world where we are right now in our transition and this bridging into the fifth dimension and what it represents and how we as each individuals of people on earth are going through all of the different experiences through the duality and through these different shifts that are happening with these polarities. And here he is at the front line saying, yeah, let's look at these ideas. Let's look at like what crystals are, meditation are, or this healer or this person or that person, and really developing a wellspring of knowledge and information from meeting with the most amazing people in the world to deliver information to the masses 
of what is out there and what is possible. So he's here today to talk about all things spiritual, all things enlightenment, all things transformation, and all things evolution. So welcome to the share. Hi, Frank. Wow. Hi. What a great intro. Thank you. (laughs) And I really felt it. I love how you channel when you speak because everything you said is my experience. So I, for a long time, was resisting being in the news because, you know, they'd have me like at a wildfire and there's a lot of fear based in news. So it's like wildfire is scorching the West. And like, those are the headlines, you know what I mean? And then what I realized though, is that this job was giving me credibility as a journalist and also teaching me how to tell stories. So then I could take that and tell the stories that I want to tell. So of course, I still do those stories and you know the breaking news and mass shootings and stuff like that. But you find the light in those stories. And then also, I could then find the people like Shaman Durek, like John of God, like Ayahuasca at Rhythmia, and go and tell those stories on my own on YouTube. And some of those segments have been more successful than my TV news segments you know, on a national network level. But now, because we have YouTube and we have these modern ways and podcasts to tell stories, I find the stories that I want to tell. And if they don't want to do it on a network level, I go tell it myself on YouTube and then they get millions of views. And so many people are messaging and saying, thank you so much. It's because of you four years ago when my dad died and I was depressed that I started meditating or you know, I, I found this path. So thank you. That's a powerful thing. It is a powerful thing. You know, in shamanism, we um, we always say like, the base understanding of all evolution within tribal culture is held within storytelling. And when, when you tell stories to, you know, when the elders tell stories in tribal culture, they tell it so that it can give people insight and ability to learn from those stories and experience what they feel from the stories. They don't tell you what to think or what to feel, but they say the stories and then you take what you want from the stories and then you change you share those stories with future generations and that's how it gets passed down. And like my family, you know, we have our stories that come from our lineage and it gets passed down and passed down. And so, but stories and it's just existing in shamanic culture, it exists in the world. And I think there's a certain level of reverence and a certain level of respect and honoring when it comes to what type of stories we do tell because they do impact people's lives and they do create an effect on human awareness and where we actually project ourselves based on the information that's being given to us. So mm-hmm. I really just want to give you high five times 20 for stepping into that space of wanting to tell stories that are actually lifting and shifting the populace. Thank you. Yeah. And it's scary at first for me, at least because, uh, you think like, what are the people in the newsroom going to think about me? What are they going to say? Like, you know, there's that loop in your head. And then all of a sudden you don't care anymore. And there was a level where I was like, I don't care. These are the stories I want to tell. I'm going to start wearing my crystals at work because I used to hide them in my pocket. And then I started wearing them around my neck. Love it. And then little by little, and we're talking like 10 years ago, nobody was talking about crystals. People would be like, hey, Frank, I'm, I'm dealing with this what crystal do you think I should get? And they'd ask me always like on the side, kind of in the newsroom. And I'd be like, well, maybe a quartz for that or maybe a whatever. And those were like the baby steps. The crystals, you know, obviously now it's like saying cryotherapy in biohacking. It's kind of like old school now. That was like the big thing. And now they have so many new amazing things. But that was like the little entryway to get people a little more open. Like it was like, okay, crystals, we'll start there. You know? Yeah. I think, yeah. I think baby steps are important because, you know, like I, like I always say, micro, micro leaps lead to quantum jumps, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it's super important. So let's talk about, you know, like how did you become an Emmy um, Award uh, journalist? 
So I have four now. They're all for completely different things. Uh, most of them for my work on Good Morning America and one of them for 2020 for uh, the mass shooting in Vegas. I was there for 20 days. The one with the country music. That. Yes. And yeah, I yeah. was supposed to go to that. Wow, really? And my guys were like, don't go. Really? Yeah, I'm and a you big listen. Con- so I'm a you huge that, you country music go. fan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So your guides, when they say that, you listen and you just don't go. Oh, yeah. I mean, my guides told me to walk into a cafe in Israel and I walk in and my friends were like, okay, we're going to eat here. I'm like, no, we're not. We're leaving now. Mm. And my guides, and then the place blows up. Like, <sighs> I've always been in that situation. Like, I walked yeah. in situations where people were going to be um, shot up with guns. And immediately I'm like, my, I'm telling my friends, you know what? Just like, let's take your time getting ready before we go to this party. And then we get to the party and we heard, that people got shot and robbed and wow. you know the DJ got turned off and all this kind of craziness. Yeah, I just, I whenever my guides speak, good for you. I listen. That's good. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people have that in the sense of intuition, but they ignore it. And you have it more clearly, obviously, but you listened. So yeah, I was there and I was already there covering OJ Simpson's release from prison. So I happened to be in Vegas and I get this little call uh, from the newsroom and they're like, you know, we're hearing on the scanner traffic there might be a shooting. Could you just kind of Take a, a a leap around and just see if you see anything. It was probably nothing, but just go check. And I 20, 20 days later, fast forward, I'm still there covering and telling people stories of survival wow. and the, you know, the security guard who was there. I mean, just everything. And um so yeah, I, I find myself in these situations all the time. But you know what I what I think is the most beautiful is, for example, the pull shooting in um Florida. You see one act of evil. And then you see thousands of people who show up for love and like the blood banks all had to close because they had too many donations. And that's like, that always gets me every time, like the outpouring of love after this little tiny act of evil. I want to go on that for a second because yeah. I yeah. want to dig into that. Because yeah. uh, <laughs> why, what, I want to get your thoughts on this. Okay. Why do you think that we have to have some type of suffering, some type of pain, some type of anguish that we use suffering and pain, war and destruction as a motivating tool Mm. to distribute love on planet earth versus just operating in that field of intelligence all the time, every time. Yeah, I'll tell you what I think it is. I think it's you and me are always doing the work. I mean, this is my life. I meditate every day. I'm like walking around, learning this stuff. Constantly, if I'm driving somewhere, I'm not listening to music. I'm listening to some kind of like podcast, like your podcast or some kind of information that's going to better me. This is my life. But most of the people are so distracted by who they want to become, who they want to be, that we're not experiencing the full potential of what it is to be human because we're so distracted with our goals and with who we want to be with and what we want to look like. And so when that happens and and there's this catastrophic event, it reminds us like, oh, wait, look what you're not doing. And then so for a minute, for two days, for three days, you feel like, or most people feel like they're doing something again, and then they get back into their old patterns. But sometimes these big destructive things kind of uh, help to awaken you. And you were telling me earlier about 9-11 also, and how uh, so many yoga centers and and good started to come out of uh, the aftermath of that because people needed to wake up. Yeah, absolutely. But I think that there's a point in our trajectory that we have to stop utilizing it as a motivational tool, you know, like one energy, needing an energy to collide into our energy to get us to move energy in one direction. I think, you know, we can change the science of that to using love as the operating energy source. Like love, I'm doing this because of love. I'm operating because of love. Like even you just said work, which to me is a word that describes slavery. Because Mm. when when you say the word work, I always say that when you talk, 
you're literally, because of your ancestral lineages that are, you are connected to on a global level, the, the knowledge and the things that your ancestors have gone through are imprinted in your RNA. So when you say words, it activates mm. those memories of your ancestors. So literally, when, you, when I say the word work, it goes all the way back and I hear slavery. I hear, you know, being whipped. I hear like being pushed into something you don't want to do and so forth. So, so for me, I always feel like we have to restructure our language if we're going to restructure the way that we see things on planet Earth. What are your yeah. thoughts about that? Well, I would love to know what you call, so for example, everything you do, your podcast, it's not work. What is it? It's my life, loving my service. passion, my service. Loving yeah, service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's powerful. Especially when people are working and they hate their jobs and they, they're going there and they say, well, I have to keep it, the check, the benefits, the this and that. I myself, even though I'm this uh, journalist and I work for a corporation for the, most, for the most part, I've never had a full-time job. I don't work for them. They hire me uh, as an independent contractor. So I'm like this freelance journalist who tells my own stories and then they'll call and they'll say, hey, we have this shoot for Good Morning America. Do you want to do it? Hey, we have this Hollywood Foreign Press Association shoot for extra. Do you want to do it? And I go, sure. Okay. Yeah. Or no, I'm, I can't today. You know, have a podcast with Shaman Durek. Can't do it. So like, I don't consider it work. I consider it like this fun thing that I get to do. Right. But you know? most people don't consider it in that way. And we, yeah, and I think, yeah. I think, I think the narrative is the idea that we have to do something to have something mm. versus be in who we are and 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 really resonate and 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 emulate that love through whatever it is that we're doing if it's we're giving someone a hug or rubbing someone's leg or like connecting with someone on a conversation or having lunch with someone or whatever being fully immersed in the pleasure and the bliss of that experience that's why I hug people versus shake people's hands yeah. because I always look at it from the standpoint of I may never see you again and I want you to know literally that you are loved by me. And I'm not afraid to touch you and hug you and cuddle you and snuggle you because of the fact that, you know, we are such a, a society that has been so ripped from the very fabrics of that connection into this very like computers and Instagram and, and social media and like, you know, like fist bumps and handshakes and not really learning how to touch each other anymore. So I feel like when we use our words, we should start using words that describe that level of intimacy. And even sometimes I'll say the word work and I catch myself and I shift it right back into a different way. So it's, it's a, literally like restructuring the matrix language that they put into us and creating a new lexicon so that we can activate new energies and new thoughts. Because like when you say chakras, everyone goes, oh yeah, chakras. Yeah, I got it, got it. Right, right, right. But then if you use a different word to describe something, so like if you were to say like Mobatanga, right? People are like, what the hell is that, right? And then you can actually formulate all kinds of new ideas onto Mobatanga. And literally it creates a whole new group of, of, of energy and a whole new way of synergizing energy on the planet and so forth. And I think the narrative of those things is what's causing a lot of people to be stuck because like you just said, I have to pay my bills. I have to take care of things. I have to, I have to, I have to. Even the word I have to is an act of slavement. Right. Yeah. And instead of saying, I choose to, or I can accept the fact that there's something greater for me. And that's easy for me to tap into that and move into that with ease and grace. And it's going to bring so much joy, so much happiness through me by acknowledging that truth. So in this moment, I choose to acknowledge that truth and done. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's powerful. Yeah. For me, it's like, it's funny because you can explain things really well. And, and for me, I'm not an intellectual person, I'm an experiential person. 
I want experience I'll stop everything. That right there. Okay, tell me. Because I'm not, I'm not, I am not gonna have you cursing yourself on but I don't this consider, podcast. This ain't gonna happen. I don't consider it a curse, though. I consider but it a different person. If you say person. I'm not something, yeah, yeah, yeah. you are taking the possibility mm. of that reality from being seen <laughs> and acknowledged. Okay. So even your, what you were saying, I'm a person who experiences things, the idea of experience is being op- data open. It means that you are saying yes to every mm. aspect of your being instead of saying not to something and then therefore closing that door, which could be a door that connects to other patterns of doors that connect to your experience. Yeah, 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 you're right. Right? So yeah. think of it like this. Think of it like this. Uh, a woman plays piano when she's a kid. Mom comes in, says, you're not good at it. Why are you wasting your time? She decides to put the piano away. She's done, okay? She doesn't realize in shamanism, we have this thing called lost keys. That piano, her playing that piano and her playing that and playing that music actually gives her a certain power that will affect her life in the future. Mm. That there's a door that requires her to have completed that energy of whatever it gave her joy-wise. But when her mom shut it down and made her wrong, that door, she doesn't have the key to get in that door. So then we as shamans have to say, you have to go back and complete that that energy because that connects to this. And that's why this is not happening. And this is why this can't be walked into because you did not, you left your key behind. Right. So, so everything we, in, in, in the idea, and I'm I'm just saying this because just to take you to a higher repertoire in your, in your information, right. Everything is to be acknowledged and valid in the sense that it exists for a reason. So why would I throw a, cl- why would I close the door on it? Mm. Why not leave it open, right? Yeah. And, and see what comes out of that door and go into that door and explore what's in that world and be like, ooh, I know this feels weird. Okay, this is great. It's not weird. This is eye-opening. And really change my, my way of experiencing things by keeping the words that I say always in flow. So they're always flow because when you say I can't or I, I don't or these things, what it does is it, it's like putting rocks in a dam and the river stops. And in shamanism, everything has to stay in flux. If it stays in flux, then abundance happens, expansion happens, evolution happens. If it gets stuck, that's when stagnation happens, illness happens, inflammation happens, all these things happen. Yeah, one thing that, that just reminded me of that I'd love to talk about is this thing that I just did called the emotion code. I don't yeah. know if you've heard of it. I've heard someone mention something about it, but go ahead and tell me more so about it. It's so amazing. So uh, I've already like gotten it for all my friends, my family. It's like, you're going to get it as a birthday gift. You're getting it for Christmas, right? Because what they do, so that girl playing the piano, when she stops playing the piano, her mom said this thing to her. We all, like, I think they say 93% of people, according to the emotion code, have a heart wall up. And every time something like that happens, your dad abandons you when you're six years old. This so-and-so happened at age 15 you're creating this uh, blocked negative emotion around your heart. And then so they come in, they use muscle testing, kinesiology, to figure out what those emotions are. And then he uses, uh, Dr. Bradley Nelson, um, uses magnets to then remove that blockage. And so I did this for my heart opening and it felt like I was like euphoric, blissful. It feels like uh, a kundalini class times 10. Mm. I felt that way for like a week. And so then ever since then, I started giving it to everybody. For example, uh, my best friend, Kat Graham, she, I just gave it to her as a gift. She loved it so much. She did it. She's now on her fourth session. But what's crazy is I had another friend do it too. They said, you have this feeling of abandonment in your heart and it's from age six. Does that ring a bell? And it was at age six that her dad left. You know, and, so he, and then he's now removing these. 
And so uh, I, I would love to know your thoughts about that because you're probably just removing it yourself. I, I'm sure you've done that. And I've seen some of your videos where people are coughing and, and, uh, and yawning and purging in other ways. Is that what you're doing? Are you removing those emotions? Sort of, yeah. So, okay. <laughs> you want, he's like, I want to know what is going on. Okay. I'm a journalist. So like, this podcast has become me interviewing you I now. get it. I get it. Okay. We'll go back and forth. All okay. right. That's fine. So when I'm, so basically the body is operating on synthesis. That means that the body is conscious intelligence. Mm. Most human beings, like even like I was, a friend of mine was, uh, you know, didn't even realize that even your penis and your vagina has its own consciousness. Mm. And literally you can communicate to that consciousness and activate certain energies in the body. Every part, the tip of your finger has its own consciousness. Everything is all connected, but it's all communicating to everything from the trees outside to everything in your environment, wow. to the energies you listen to, the music, you listen to, to the people you stand with, to the people you're connected with, all of it is creating the synthesis. So in shamanism, what we do is we go in and we see where the energy is not flowing, where it's stuck, where it's limited, where it's being held back. Then we look at is it being held back because of your environment? Is it being held back because of the food you're eating? Is it being held back because of your, the thoughts that are coming through you? Is there spirit attachments? Is there certain types of parasites that were put into you by being with certain people who were holding on to those energies and passing them down through their words and through their behaviors around you or to you? Yeah. Are you taking on energy from the matrix that's being programmed to you from certain things that you see that people are talking about in conversations? All of these things are creating... Um, these energies in your body. And so in shamanism, what we do is we look at the level grade of how much of that you actually have. So when people do plant medicine, the plant medicine is because that means that you have so much and like the wall is so thick that the amount of time that it would take for the shaman to go in with his powers and break up those adhesions and break up that coagulation of energy, it's going to be easier served to just give you the medicine, okay? However, what I'm doing as I'm going in and I'm finding a frequency inside of your body with intelligence. So I'm using intelligent frequency through consciousness, through the source, through nature, through the trees, through medicine that exists in the spirit world. So like every medicine you see on planet earth, we have in the spirit world and so much more. Yeah, yeah. So like the other day I was working with this um, big um, actor in Hollywood and we were, I was at, his, at my friend's house. It was like guy night and we were, and I was working with him and I literally was bringing MDMA into his body and he was tripping. He was like, how is this even possible? And it's because of the fact that everything in your body and everything that your body's made of is sound and conscious intelligence. So sound and conscious intelligence means that there are sounds that you actually hear with your ear and there's sounds that you don't hear with your ear. And those are the ones that are inside of your body. And those ones have intelligence. And so when you bring a frequency in and hold that frequency in the body, what ends up happening is any distorted frequency that is not in alignment to what is called the core frequency, which is unconditional love, which is peer frequency, right? Begins to move into that frequency through transmutation. And so what you see people coughing up and all of that is all the poison that the body's now saying, I can let go of because now the energy is moving. So this can go back to the light. Whereas 
when you're talking about the magnets, magnetic energy is a puller. So in shamanism, we can create magnetic energy just with our hands alone. There's a technique for it, and you can actually create fire, you can create magnet, you can create ice, you can create wind, you can do all of these amazing things. And you use basically all of the elements, plus the elemental times table, including all the different elemental chains that move in our body from copper to silver, you name it. So what we do is we, act as, we activate one of those elements, we go into your body with that element, and so what he's doing with the magnets is he's using a magnetic energy tapping into the frequency that is distorted, which is where your emotions, because your emotions run on what we call a magnetic coil. Wow, yeah. So your emotions cycle like water. It's like, like that's why, and, and if you look at like, the chakra system, you have like the, the, the Sadvatsana chakra, right? Which is above the, the Manapura, um, which I'm sorry, which is below the Manapura and above uh, the, the base chakra, which is the part that holds all of your uh, emotions, your sensual energy, your ability to create money, your ability to feel inner well-being, all of these things. But it's liquid, it's water, it's mm. fluid. So when you are using magnetic energy, anything that's held in the emotional field is moving through a liquid coil in your body. And so in shamanism, we see the element is water. So when we see too much water, the only thing that moves water is magnetic energy, okay? Wind can move water. Earth can stabilize water. Fire can burn water out and make it steam. But then you have to understand where to put the steam. Right. So it's the same thing. When the moon comes out, the moon is magnetic. So it affects the water on, in our bodies and affects the water on the earth. And that's why people get emotional because it starts moving emotion inside of them, right? And so it's the same thing with what they're doing. He's using a magnetic energy, tapping into the, to the, uh, the elemental coil, which is water, pulling the water element, holding the frequency of that memory or that idea that has been held in the water field. And I love that you say all this. The synchronicity is amazing between different practices because he also says, for example, one time he worked with me, he didn't have magnets, magnets and he used his hand mm -hmm. and it worked the same. And uh, I, I've been so fortunate because this guy, Tony Robbins, wrote uh, the forward to his book. And ever since then, he just doesn't see clients anymore. He has like staff practitioners, but he still works with me. And he, he, he'll use his hand. And yeah. he'll use the magnetic energy in his hand. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, you can yeah. use magnetic energy in your hand. Yeah, it's yeah, very yeah. simple. Yeah. Put that, your hands out, open your hands like okay. this. Take your fingers and start making a circle. Good. And then say the word magnet. Magnet. Good. Just say it one time. Whenever you say something two times, it's because you don't believe in your will of word to say it the first time that it's going to do You're something. Right. I was going to say it again because of that. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, that's why I'm not into affirmations on any level. Mm. Right? Because every You're time not? you no, because the moment you say an affirmation and you say another affirmation, you just canceled out the you just basically told yourself it doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. So in shamanism, we don't use affirmations. We use clarifications. So okay, so put your hands like this and go do the circle again. Say magnet, magnet one time and do it with your eyes open because in shamanism, we never close our eyes. When we close our eyes, when we're leaving to go somewhere, when we're traveling to other dimensions or traveling into to certain stargates and things of that nature, when your eyes are open, it's because of the fact you're fully activating your power in this now moment. Good. Nice. Now say magnet increase. Magnet increase. Beyond my fears. Beyond my fears. My doubts. My doubts. My knowledge. My knowledge. My belief system. My belief system. And what I know to be possible. And what I know to be possible. Good. And what are you starting to feel? They're coming closer together. Exactly. <laughs> now, that means you're creating what is called a magnetic coil. Now, 
this is a small technique that I teach my kids students. But basically, the reason why we said beyond my fears and this and that and the other, because your fears, your beliefs, and your things create what we call barrier walls. They're like firewalls. Okay, so if you think of a computer and you have like a firewall that protects from a virus or this or that and the other, or these different things that are happening on computers, we have that in our bodies as well too. It's called our beliefs, it's our fears, our doubts, and our understanding of what's possible. Because human beings don't understand that this is possible, they assume that it doesn't exist. That's just plain ignorance. And shamanism, our, our responsibility is to get them to become data open so that they are able to understand that all possibilities exist. Yeah. So if they understand all possibilities exist, then they know every time they're thinking, creating, they're creating new dimensions, new galaxies, new universes, and new uh, dimensional uh, fields, which creates new universes, new galaxies, and so forth, both inner and outer space. That means both the inner space, which is the universe that's inside your body, and then the universe inside of that universe, and the universe inside of that universe, and then the outer space, which is the universe outside of your body, and the universe outside of that universe, and the universe outside of that universe, which humans haven't even stepped into yeah. because they haven't understand what dark matter is yet. So they're still trying to figure out what these polarities are. That's where they're at right now in their evolution. They're moving through it though, mm. which is great. So now that you did that, put your hands up like okay. this and say magnet. Magnet. Good. Say reverse magnet. Reverse magnet. See what's happening? Yeah. So now you're holding magnetic energy. Yeah. Okay. Now you can increase it. Say upgrade magnet in my hands. Upgrade magnet in my hands. Yeah. You feel it. Good. Say I accept the upgrade. I accept the upgrade. Upgrade it again. Upgrade it again. See how it's gotten stronger? That's how you do it. So in that process right there, <laughs> we would teach you how to use the magnetic wow. energy to move it through the That's elemental fun. coil. Yeah, yeah. And now I'm like rubbing it on my body because I just want to like clear the energy. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. emotions, yeah. It's, it's, it's not, wow. it's, it's, we make things more difficult than they have to be because yeah. we're, again, we're so beholden to the ideas that we have to work really hard or go to some mountain in some place Rituals. or do some kind of drink the waters of the Ganges mm -hmm. or have some kind of crazy cathartic experience before we can access this level of power. And shamanism is all about all-inclusive. You know, the power is the most simplest form. So we always operate in the field of simplicity. Wow, yeah. Always subtract. We never, we never add. We always subtract. So if it's the simplest thing, it's the truthful thing. If it's this convoluted idea that needs a lot of thinking and a lot of contemplating, we're like, okay, if you want to go out and enjoy that, <laughs> that's fun. That's great. But if you can't explain it to a six-year-old, then literally you're, 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 off, you're off base somewhere. Yeah, I like that a lot. I've been learning that a lot lately about play and how important it is to play and to be a child because these children who are fresh from source, they just got, they just got here. They're still kind of fresh from, from source. The one thing they want to do is play. They just want to play, 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 play. So like I recently uh, made my uh, a vision board and it looks like a, everyone who comes over is like, oh, did your nephew make that? Because I literally drew it the way, I said, Frank, draw it the way you would if you were five years old. My dream house and it's got all these colors on it. it. I threw glitter at it. It literally, I'm going to take a picture and send it to you. It looks like a five-year-old drew it. But I wanted to always have that play, 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 you know? And I don't, again, like how, I'm not going to say I'm not a thinker, but I don't, I don't like to uh, overthink when I'm doing things. So even when I did do ayahuasca in Costa Rica, I wasn't like, my, I had a friend go with me and he read every book about ayahuasca leading up to it. I read nothing. I wanted to know nothing. I'm like, I'm just going to take the drink and, and see what comes up. Yeah. And I had the most magical experience. And the funny thing is I didn't throw up once. I did it for, for four times, four days. Didn't throw up. I didn't have diarrhea. I didn't do all that stuff that everybody else was doing. And my, uh, my coworker was like, of course, you're the one who you go there 
to have this whole experience and you're the only one who like isn't purging. I didn't purge at all. Um, but I did, of course. And so, many, so much stuff came up. I connected with my inner child. I was crying hysterically from that, um, literally speaking to my five-year-old self. And it was this powerful moment where he said, he's, he came up to me and he goes, why are you crying? And he's like smiling and laughing. He just sees me like this mess. And I said, because I forgot about you. And he was like, that's okay, I'm not mad. Like mm-hmm. Just like this little kid, like, that's okay, I'm not mad. And then he says, but from now on, can you just take me everywhere you go? And I'm just like losing it. I'm like bawling my eyes out, you know? But kids are so playful and innocent and they're like, I'm not mad at you, it's okay. Just mm-hmm. don't do it again, please, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, and you want to hear something really interesting? Yeah, yeah. Watch, pull up your little boy. Pull up your little boy. Okay. Tell me when he's there. Say, hello, little boy. Hello, little boy. How do you feel that I'm here? How do you feel that I'm here? What did he say to you? He's just smiling and like happy. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Um, can you hear his voice or you can only see an image of him? I see an image. Okay. Um, what I want you to do is tap your, in the center of your hand. Okay. Just keep tapping it. And when you tap the center of your hand while you're tapping it, say, open up the gateway to my consciousness. Open up the gateway to my consciousness. Good. And say, remove the fears that I have in hearing in the spirit world. Remove the fears that I have in hearing in spirit world. Good. Then hold your hand there. Take a breath. Good. Just release your air. Holding that point. Say, hello, little boy. How are you? Hello, little boy. How are you? <laughs> See how he spoke? So quickly. <laughs> of course. The spirit hack. Oh my God. It's so... <laughs> That's so amazing. So fast. And you know what's funny? So when I was a little kid, my parents, because I'm Frank, but they would call me Fufu. <laughs> and he would just like, hi, Fufu. <laughs> I love like, it. Like immediately. Love it. I love it. So sweet. That's incredible. Good. Now watch. Say, okay. little boy, are, little you in, boy. are you in disguise? Are you in disguise? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Say, what are you really? What are you really? Do you want me to say? Yeah. What is it? God. That's right. Yeah. That is exactly what your inner child is. Yeah. So when you're, the reason why God plays as your inner child is because it knows that it loves you unconditionally. You can do whatever you want. It will love you no matter what. You're the only one who's using your powers to hurt yourself, destroy Mm. yourself, disrupt yourself, desecrate yourself, limit yourself, hold yourself back from prosperity. You're the one always in your way. It's never anyone in your way. It's never your boss. It's never your spouse. It's never anyone. It's always you. And in the center of that nucleus is your little child, which is God waiting for you to return to the nucleus and say, let's merge together and let's do this together. That's why it said, don't take me everywhere with you. Yeah, yeah. Because most people step away from their soul. Their soul is their inner child. And they become so much of a product of the matrix, they forget that actually being a kid allows you access to everyone's dimensional field. That means that, watch, yeah. say little boy. Little boy. Are you the same, are you the same soul that's inside of Shaman Durek? Are you the same soul that's inside of Shaman Durek? <laughs> He's like laughing and saying yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the tree. Yeah. And the tree. Yeah. And the flower. <laughs> and the flower. Yeah. And the ant. And the ant. And the wind. And the wind. <laughs> exactly. Just constantly confirmation energy. Yeah. yeah. So your soul exists in everything. And like, for instance, you know, the Sami people who um, come from the Nordic culture, um, the shamans in the Nordic culture, they believe that all things have, have consciousness are the same consciousness are interacting differently through each thing. 
right? And same in African culture. We see the fire as a spirit. The wind is a spirit. We know the spirit inside of us is the fire, is the wind, is all of it. So when we become more aware of that little boy, that little girl inside and build a relationship with that little girl, little boy, we have a relationship with fire. We have a relationship with the trees. We have a relationship with the plants. Mm. We have a relationship with all of it. And that's how the shaman was able in the old days to tell the, talk to the plant and find out if it was poisonous or non-poisonous, if it was used for medicine or ointment, if it was utilized to use as a polis or something you would put on the skin for yeah. like some kind of rash or something that from a bite of some sort or something. And so now that you have that information, you can connect with that little boy because watch, ask him, can you create anything? Little boy, can you create anything? Yeah, and he said, yeah, what do you want me to create? <laughs> mm -hmm. That's exactly right. Because we are literally quantum creators, right? Yeah, yeah. And so um, ask him, whatever I say to you, do you make me? Whatever I say to you, do you make me? He said, yeah. Yes. So if I say I'm stupid, do you turn me stupid? So if I say stupid, do you turn me stupid? He's saying yes. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's why human, being, human beings on earth suffer because they have malfunction in thinking. They don't realize that every time they utter a word or thought, they're bringing it to the child and the child is the creator. It amplifies its reality and the ego supports the reality. So all right. then all of a sudden you start losing your memory. I don't have a good memory. Boom. Done. Okay. What else would you like? Uh, there's no good men in the world. Fine. No good men come. Right, only right. the worst come. Yeah. Uh, money's hard to come by. Boom. Money's taken. Anything else? Right. And you just keep learning until one day you wake up and realize that you have done everything that you are experiencing that's uncomfortable to yourself. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Wow. You're so right. You right. know you're right. Yeah, this girl the other day, I did I this. don't care about being right. <laughs> I care about delivering it's the, amazing. the information. No, yeah. This girl I was with the other day, she was doing a singing lesson and she's, she had to put her glasses on and she was like, sorry, I'm so blind. I'm so blind without it. And in my head, it was just like painful to hear that. I'm like, stop saying you're so blind. Because she's just like making it worse and worse by doing that. Yeah. You know? Of course. Yeah. You're speaking into existence as the creator, therefore magnifying that reality to be supported because your ego will make sure it's supported because your ego's job is to make sure you believe the dimension in the world in which you live. Mm, yeah. So tell me, okay. So you, so <laughs> <laughs> we're wow. having some fun here. I know. <laughs> okay. So tell me more about your path and like what you've been experiencing, what you've been learning. So the biggest thing um, that's come out of this YouTube channel, like the by far the biggest, has been uh, my work about the third eye and the pineal gland around the world. So it started with a little girl in India named Yoga Mata. And I blindfolded her three times and she could see everything blindfolded. I would draw something on a piece of paper and she would redraw it. I would write something down and say, what did I write? And she would do it. Then it took it uh, a step further. I went to England and uh, saw it with little children there. Then a, a step further, I went to Salt Lake City and now blind people and adults were doing it because first it was only children that I was seeing. And then most recently I went to Germany and they were fully 100% legally blind people who could see everything, everything. And uh, one was an 18-year-old kid, 100% legally blind. I think he had like 1% or 2% vision, which is like nothing. He's like 98% blind. And he would put this blindfold on on top of that, and I would give him coloring books, and he's like reading everything and saying everything and, and just telling me everything that's going on in the page. So in that class, I learned how to do it. And uh, within seven days, I was seeing while I was fully blindfolded. And now I'm going again in October. So I got a lot of messages, and people were like, please, I want to learn how to do this. Are you guys teaching? Are you teaching? 
So I'm taking a group of 20 people in October, on October 6th to Germany, and um, where people can learn to open their third eye. And it's, it's so amazing. So far, 10 people have signed up. I've got 10 more spots left. And it's in Stuttgart, October 6th. And people will go with this uh, trainer, Evelyn, who, who taught me. And honestly, the funny thing uh, that we were talking about in synchronicity, synchronicity again, is that most of it is play, 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 play. There's meditations and there's intuition work. But for the most part, we're playing, we're coloring, we're drawing. I mean, you really feel like a kid when you're there. And within a week, uh, most people can see. It's like the less you are in your head, the more you're able to see. So the kids pick it up really fast. Within two days, they were all seeing. Adults like me, uh, about day four, I was able to do it. Then I was there with a world-famous physicist named Tom Campbell, who's very much a left brain. I think left brain is your logical side. Very much a left brain thinker. And so he would constantly want to try to figure out like the mechanics of how it was mm. Like, what's going on? And how am I explaining this? And so he had some trouble, and he talks about it too, some trouble learning it. But even he was able to see pockets of color, and he could tell you what color was in front of his eyes when you, when you put it up while he was blindfolded. So uh, the more playful you can be when you go there, the more success you'll have. And it's amazing. I'm so excited to be doing this. It's like full circle from my uh, four years, five years now of documenting this in India and Germany and England. And now it's coming full circle where I can actually take a group of people and say, let's learn it together. I love that. Yeah, it's fun. That's beautiful. It's fun. I always, uh, you know, I have this gift where uh, at nighttime when I'm in my room, my sister has it as well. It's, it's in our family bloodline where we close our eyes and we can see what's going, and that we can see the spirits moving through our room. Wow. So like like I can see like the like last night I was in the room and there was like this one creature that came in and he was like moving through the walls and I could I was watching and there was like a woman and she was standing there looking at me sleeping and I could see her looking at me. Sometimes I interact, sometimes I'll say you know I can see you, right? And then <laughs> then they kind of look at me and then they go away. Um and then sometimes they get closer to me and like look like get like close on my bed and like get it right up in my face and I like see their eyes looking right at me. <laughs> but it's like it it always it's like when I'm in bed and I and it's um my eyes are closed and I see through my eyelids. And it's a tech it's interesting because a lot of these things that you're speaking about are very um, ancient and old and practices yeah. that exist in a lot of uh, gypsy cultures, Romanian cultures, Muslim cultures, African cultures, Nordic cultures, where people could see in the dark, you know, and see with their eyelids closed. So that's really powerful. Yeah, yeah that's it beautiful. Is people should definitely travel members. Are you still taking people on this? Uh, yeah. Perfect. We'll find out at the end of the of the share. But uh, definitely travel members. You should definitely uh, get on this uh, trip, this lit trip. Yeah, come with us. Yeah, <laughs> and Germany is a great place to go anyway. It's a fun I love vacation. Germany, yeah, but I love everything in the world. Me too. <laughs> like, you, me too. You can drop me anywhere, and I'm like. <laughs> it's so funny because you probably I mean we both have traveled so much and every time I go to a new country I'm like this is my favorite country oh this is my favorite country and then next week I'm in another country I'm like this is my favorite country <laughs> yeah I do the same yeah. thing and then my niece is always like uncle everything is your favorite country <laughs> or I'll, what I'll, I won't even say my favorite country I'll be like I want to move here that's what I say I want to move here I say I always say I could live here <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I say all the time. And I do it. Like when I was in Egypt and Cairo, I was like, okay, I'm living here. Oh, no, I'm going to Israel. Oh, I'm going to Turkey. Oh, I'm going to go live in Iceland. But it was like, and my niece is like, literally every place I go, I'm like, oh, I love this place. I want to live here. Yeah. She's like, yeah, you want to yeah. live everywhere. Yeah. Like, where yeah. do you want to live now? You yeah, know? Yeah. But it, yeah, I, I get it 100%. And I think it's just because we're worldly people. I think being a worldly person is so important today yeah you know absolutely. and just being open and it's because you you recognize that we're all we're all one so you when you go to egypt you're like i've this is part of me too 
I've been here. I've been here. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, uh, I know that recently, because you had, you know, you, you wrote me saying that you were going to go see uh, this woman who yes. is a, the Bruja. Yeah. I want to know. Yeah. I want to I know about the Brujita. I love this woman. So let me tell you about this woman. So I went to her the first time a couple months ago. Everything she said was dead on. She literally said, you are, go- in a few weeks, you'll be dating somebody. He lives right on the water. Um, and she, you know, she goes into details like that. She's not vague. Two weeks later, I'm dating this billionaire. Go to one of his houses. It's on the water in Laguna Beach. On the water. So I go again this time. And the funny thing is, before we even sit down, she says, Whew, I'm getting this energy. You are a... Uh, you in the, next, in, the, in the next three months, you have this huge opportunity coming to you. And I keep telling her I'm not an actor because she always keeps seeing me on film and TV. And so I think she's seeing the journalism. But she says, I know you keep saying you're not an actor, but you're going to have a huge opportunity in the next three months. And I just want you to know... The last time I had this feeling was when I was doing a reading for Donald Glover. And it was a, it was a few weeks before, uh, sorry, a few months before he booked Lion King. And he called her a few months later and he was like, mom, because he calls her mom, mom, I'm Simba, I'm Simba. And she says, the reason I'm telling you that story is because I'm having that feeling that I had with him then, I'm having with you now. And that was before we even sat down. And the crazy thing is then I took out my phone and showed her, I had never even posted it, that I was at the Lion King premiere a few weeks ago and I showed her a picture that I hadn't posted of me uh, speaking to Donald Glover. And I showed her the photo. And she was like, oh my God, he looks so handsome. He's so nice on the carpet. And she was really happy. But this woman is like so accurate. So in my bag, I had a book that I wrote. It's a novel that I haven't done anything with yet. And it's called Valley Girl Magic. And I brought it because I wanted to ask her about it. And she says to me, before I even take it out, she says, are you a writer also? I see that you ha- you wrote something. And I'm like, oh my God, she just like, she knows what I have in my bag. So I pulled it out and show it, showed it to her. And she was like, this is great. This is what I'm seeing. And you're going to meet a really famous singer who's going to want to be a part of this project. But she is uh, this Mexican witch, a bruja. I call her my brujita. And um, yeah, she's amazing. I want to take you to her. She's incredible. Do you think she would come on the podcast? Yeah, her her uh, her. She's more uh, Spanish speaker, so it's a broken English, but I understand her perfectly. She's amazing. She's a big personality. And where 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 is she located? In uh, in Lake Elsinore in California. Wow. So yeah. you just you because I, I was I wanted to go, but I my schedule's been a little crazy. And it's far. It's like a day trip. You know, you go and it's like it's two hours away, two hours back, probably two hours there. So you know. Right. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Yeah. So you've met a lot of different people. I know one of your segments, you had met some guy. I think he's from India and he does healing with people through their... I just their... talked to him on the phone yesterday. Yeah, Dr. Naram. This guy is so incredible. He keeps inviting me to go to Nepal with him to the, uh, to the Agora people who he's very close with. And a lot of people might not know the name Agora, but if you look it up, you'll, it's a very distinct image of how they look. Their, their faces are painted up. They're known for kind of like... Uh, they eat out of skulls. I mean, it's a very interesting practice but he so for i was just at the i was doing the infrared beds uh all last week the the led beds and Uh i left my eyes open and then the whole time not knowing that you have to keep your eyes closed or or at least cover them up yeah and so uh i felt my vision kind of getting a little blurry and i thought oh my god maybe i wasn't supposed to do that and so i google it and yeah of course you're not supposed to leave your eyes open inside there so immediately I, i message him and he gives me, and I did it this morning. He gave it to me yesterday. He says, every single day, I want you to take uh, a, a teaspoon of ghee, teaspoon of almond butter or almonds if you have them, but uh, pure almond butter, uh, a pinch of cinnamon, uh, one eighth teaspoon of cardamom and one eighth teaspoon of um, cumin. 
and then mix it every day and eat it. And he says, within, within two weeks to a month, you'll see your vision's better. Everything's better. This guy has like, it's so uh, precise, these formulas he gives me, but every time he gives me one, it does exactly what he says it's going to do. And another thing he says, and I haven't done it yet, is first thing in the morning, and he says, uh, for anybody with bad eyesight, first thing in the morning, take uh, your spit before you brush your teeth, before you do anything, and put a drop of it in your eye, in each eye. And of course, we think, because he was like, look, I know in the Western world, you're probably scared. You think um, uh, bacteria. Bacterias. Yeah. 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 And all that. But he said, he promised me, he said, within a month, 50% better vision. I, I don't have a vision problem, but, you know, because of the infrared. Thing. Is that because of the enzymes in, um, I don't know inside what it is. of the saliva? He didn't tell me. I don't know. I'm sure it must be. I'm thinking about it from a shamanic point of view. I'm looking mm, at it. I'm looking yeah, at yeah, it from yeah. like a. And it's from, all connected, you know that. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah, yeah. But I'm sure that there's like properties from the saliva because your saliva has amazing properties. Yeah, um, yeah. That's interesting. And that, I believe him because what you what I've seen with this guy, you would not believe. So he had there was a CNN reporter in India who went to him and she did not believe. She's like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. But her, her parents were like, just try it before you have surgery. They wanted her to have surgery for her gallbladder or for uh, a kidney stone. Within two days, he had passed it for her. Um, and then uh, there was a girl with vitiligo, really bad vitiligo. And I had before and after pictures of all these. And then the after picture of uh, her a month later coming back to him, a month or six months later, I can't remember. She came back to him completely gone. And vitiligo is something we consider un- incurable. Right. And then he has people who uh, are, the doctors will say, you will never have a child. Don't even try. You're never going to have a child. They come back to him eight years later after seeing him and say, this is the child I want you to introduce you to my kid that only is here because of you. You know, or like 18 year old later, they're coming with their kids. I mean, just incredible, these stories that come out of this man. And, um, and what's his name again? Dr. Pankaj Naram. And how does, how does one get in touch with him? He's very easy, surprisingly, to get in touch with because you can, uh, he goes all over the world. Twice a year, he's in, I think, like six countries. So he'll go to Germany. He'll go to uh, like, like six states in America, Houston, LA, all these places. And he's always traveling. And then if you really can't get to him, you just call by phone. What he does is he checks your pulse and tells you everything that's happening in your body. But he can also do it from your voice. So there's times where I have... Uh, I'm like, I think I'm sick. I think I have this thing or whatever it is. And he'll be like, call me. And I talk to him on the phone. He's like, no, you don't have that. You're fine. And then I'll go and get all so the So he's using voice signatures and he's using voice. Uh, so, so in shamanism, we have this thing where we read pulse. And yeah, there's, Alex told there's, me about you, about you doing that. Yeah, so yeah. we read the pulses. We read your bones. Yeah. Um, and we read the way you breathe. And we have you say certain words and we listen to the tones in your words that tells us like what you're holding on to emotionally, mm. what's your pattern thinking is, is like, or like all this kind of stuff. These are very ancient ways of doing things. Yeah, yeah. He comes from a lineage where his master is in the Himalayas and it, he has to trek up to go see him. His master has died, but his brother is still alive, the master's brother. And if he has a question, if there's something he can't figure out, he'll go up and take this pilgrimage to the Himalayas to his master, who he says is like 120 years old. And uh, we'll, we'll get this information from him and then bring it back down. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So what do you, what do you, what do you, I want to go into the gay community. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. What do you think about the gay community? Whew. Well, here's the thing. The reason why I'm even going to Rhythmia again in November is to connect with the LGBT week that they have there. And because the reason is because when I do these things, let's say the biohacking conference or the, I go to John of God in Brazil or anything that I do, I'm surrounded by my friends who I love my tribe, but they're all straight. 
I don't see gay people interested or the gay community interested in this thing. They're interested in going out. They're interested in Britney Spears. They're interested in, and I, I don't want to generalize, but it's circuit hard to parties kind of, yeah, and, circuit yeah. parties. And that can be fun every now and then. I'm fine. I'll go out you know, every now and then too. I do it very rarely, but I'll go out. But yeah, I don't really see, I, I see them a lot uh, uh, widely absent in this, in this scene and in this world and being interested in it. But I was recently invited to a group called Queer Mystics. And it's like these group of people you think you would see like going out to gay clubs, really good looking, like muscular or whatever guys, you know, who are like, if you saw them, you would think that they're not interested in, in mysticism. But they have this little group called the Queer Mystics. And so uh, I'm trying that next month. We'll see. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, uh, so, you know, for me, I'm soul sexual, yeah. you know, so I don't uh, title myself straight or gay or bisexual or any of these things. Yeah. I'm soul sexual. It's a word I came up with. It's the best way my girlfriend and I, like, she's like, yeah, that's exactly you. You're like soul sexual, yeah. you know? Yeah. And soul sexual for me is basically, I'm not attracted to every single person. It has yeah. to be on an essence level. There's an essence. If I want to share my body with you, if I want to share my energy with you, it has to come from this very deep spiritual, like no holds barred pleasure place. Because mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of people have so many hangups, you know? And like, even with my girlfriend, why we're so great um, compatible, not just in our sense that she's very spiritual princess and first of the monarchy to, to be spiritually yeah. princess, but also is the fact that we our intimate level is on this deep spiritual level. So we bring shamanism into the to the bedroom. We bring all these That's esoteric so cool. <laughs> energies and yeah. like you know and go on these 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 landscapes and these spiritual experiences of energy and feeling and touch and connection. And so for me, it's it's about that. So I look for that in people who. I choose to be with on that level, but I do have a, you know, because I have, I'm, I'm a part of that community. Yeah. What, what's, you know, in African culture, we say that, you know, and we, I've said this a lot and I'm sure people have heard this on the shares is that the quote unquote, because I'm just gonna have to say it in that way, the gay community, for instance, are known as the, the gateway to the fifth element, right? So the fifth element means that you're, you removed your labels you removed your conditions of your labels mm. and you've stepped more into your being as a spiritual being that just shares spiritual love. And in that space, you're accessing all of the different dimensions of elementals through your being all happening simultaneously and you actually become a fifth element being. So it's just pure unconditional love. Most people are beholden to their labels yeah. because they feel that they need to hold on to them because their parents may not have may have a judgment, or society may doesn't create an infrastructure of, of of acceptance that allows them to be comfortable with their idea of being this person who's coming from pure love. They have to put themselves into a box so they can be relatable and loved so they can by feel accepted. Like they have a community and, yeah, too, yeah, and feel loved and accepted. And what I have found. In the gay community, which I don't really believe even in the gay community, I think it's it's not even real. I think it's just a separation to have their own sense of their autonomy from all the things they've had to go through. The lack of spiritual uh, relationship, right, of connection um, is so caught up in the very superficial, you know, it's like the rainbow coalition flag is, is, is a representation of freedom, mm -hmm. right? And freedom means love and acceptance. It means to be able to be completely free, open data, open to everything, free and love and freedom. Whereas in the gay community, I find the highest level of racism, the highest level of like, you don't have the perfect body, you don't have the this, you don't have the that. Judgment. Yeah. A lot of judgment. Yeah. More judgment than I find in any other social group that I find. 
which is unfortunate because in shamanism, gay people, quote unquote, are the closest to becoming that fifth element wow. if they were willing to let go of the label of being gay, right? And really step into, I'm just a human being who's open to all the different energies that can move through my being at any one given time. And so I feel like there's gotta be a, a, a spiritual revival that has to happen. Like to, there has to be an awakening because that awakening right now is just, I'm going to use you. I'm going to take advantage of you. I'm going to like call you names. I'm going to push away my lesbian sisters. I'm going to like judge you because you don't fit the image of what I think. Oh, you're black. I'm, I, you know, we don't like your, your, your color. I'm not into that. You know, all these, yeah. you're a twink, yeah, you're a yeah, bear, you're yeah. an otter. I mean, yeah. God, I don't know some of the <laughs> yeah, names yeah, are you're out right. there. <laughs> right. You're right. There's so much. So even within, and I think, I think it might come from, I don't know if it's true, but it might come from them, uh, that community also being judged so much and being categorized and, and whatever and, and uh, pushed aside so much that they now within the community are doing it to themselves too. That's what I was, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. Why, that's where I was getting to. You know what I mean? Wanted yeah. to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, because even now when you look at any dating profile or anything, it's always like, I'm into this, I'm not into that. Please be like this, be like that. And they just very, like you said, I only like twinks who are white, who are, uh, you know, athletic, who are whatever it is. But like, there's a very specific thing of what they like. If you're this or this or this or that, I'm not into it. But I'm always like, why do you even have to put what you're not into? Why do that? I mean, why are you putting right. any? I mean, I'm into everything. Right, right, you know, right, right. As long as it's pleasurable and there's no holds barred and we can reach spiritual levels of yep. intellect through 100%, it, I agree. I'm okay with it. Like my girlfriend and, and I, we talk about it all the time. We're like, why does the gay community call them, like put such, say they're all about freedom and marching and parades and doing all these <laughs> yeah. things when they're doing the worst thing to each other by degrading mm. and uh, judging and, 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 and alienating and dividing and all of these things. And I feel like there's got to be, at some point, someone has to come in and pioneer the consciousness for the gay community because in shamanism, they're created by source to create a balance on earth to make it so that we are not overpopulated, that we are activating beyond the field of awareness, that it's not just about men and women, it's about love, right? Yeah, and so yeah. how do we get into that space? I think it's opening up little by little too, because I, I think that at least now within the community, people are addressing it and talking about it and calling each other out for it. So I think that that's maybe a start because at least uh, it raises awareness that it's happening. You know, but there's like, even for example, the guy next to you, Brian, right now, my friend Brian, who's sitting next to you, he was uh, dating a girl named True. And when we all first met, the, the three of us, we went to Disneyland together. We spent the day there. And we were like, why don't the three of us just be in a relationship? This is so fun, the three of us together. And we tried it for a little bit. And, uh, it, you know, it, it was interesting to work that out too. But it, it's like living on the edge of, of, of saying, you know, let's try it. Let's be open to it. That's the powerful part, like you said, about being in the gay community is that you're already kind of there because you're already um, doing something that doesn't really fit the mold and, and you're opening your, your, your awareness of what love is. And so when, when I meet the, like this straight couple, straight, right, in, in quotes, the straight couple, I also was like, I can see myself being with them. Why not? It's because you're already kind of there. You're already living in a place where you're open and you're free and um, we were like, let's see if we can express our love this way. Maybe that'll be fun. And we, you know, right. and you can try things like that. How did your experiment go? All three, all three of us are not together. So, <laughs> but it was great. I mean, we're still hanging out. It's right, fun. And we, right. we love each other so much, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. What do you think was the thing that made it that, if you're a cool being transparent about it, yeah, what yeah, do you course. think it was anything. That, that made it not support our work? 
I think that there wasn't enough communication about like, what is it? And maybe also there wasn't enough of a foundation. Uh, sorry, Brian, <laughs> with them two already, mm. they didn't already have that foundation to then bring in a third person. Like they were still trying to figure out what they were. You can't really add a third person when you don't even know who you two are yet. You Wonderful. Know I mean? I'm glad that you said that. Yeah, because yeah. my girlfriend and I, we're, we, we have that same kind of opening, you know? Yeah. Our whole thing is like solidify our relationship, yes. you know? And, and, and and we we look at relationships very differently than a lot of I've noticed like when I talk to my male buddies like the other night I had guy, a guy night at my friend's house yeah and my friend Cord and and we were just talking about like relationships in general and like with my girlfriend for instance you know we don't argue about yeah. things like the moment something comes up and we don't agree with it we throw it up in the air and we see which one falls and the one that falls is the one we agree with like we don't need to be right over each other we yeah. don't play power struggles and also we talk about everything so if something comes up for me like we talk about it if something comes up for her we talk about it and i don't play defensive we don't play defensive games with each other like we're not if she says something to me or if she's yelling at me i'm not trying to get defensive with her and be like i need to defend myself i'm just simply going like okay i'm gonna hold space of love for you right now to let you get whatever it is that you need to get off your chest. Mm. And then I'm going to be and show up with love and see how we can come back to a place of harmony. Is there something I can do? Is there something I need to say? Is there a wound that I created? If so, instead of me making it about her, like if I get mad at her, it's not about me going, I'm mad at her and let me keep attacking her. It's uh, If I'm mad at her, it's actually me. So then I go into myself and I do the internal love into myself yeah. and I see, and then I come back and I'm like, I'm really sorry for snapping at you. I'm really sorry for saying this to you and really create that space. And and even like with my soul sexual self, you know, there's times where I'm being very intimate with like men, hugging them, connecting with them, whatever. She's okay with it because we talk, we have such a solidified energy with each other. Yeah. So I really believe in what you're saying it's when you're saying thing, that. Yeah. yeah. Before even, especially now, there's so much talk about open relationships and this and that. That only works if you two know who you are together and you have a set foundation of who you are. You know, people are so ready to explore and try different things and that's great. But you have to have that foundation with each other first, the way you two do. I think it's very important. I think if you're going to open yourself up into that space, you know, because we are moving in that space. I yeah. mean, literally, I, totally. I mean, uh, I remember uh, there was a time in my life where I was super, super homophobic. And I was like the, like the, <laughs> the guy in school who was like macho, like, you know, played sports, like, you know, karate, like everything. It was like, you know, I was just, I was that guy yeah. because my father's African and he's very strong. Yeah. And he's like, there is no weakness in this house, yeah. you know? Yeah. And then having a girlfriend who came in and who was like, let's open that door and see like what's behind that door together, you know? And it really helped me to kind of get over my insecurities that I had. Because I remember one time she had said to me, oh, I want to go have sex with this person. How do you feel about it? And I got really jealous, you know? And then she's like, are you jealous? And I'm like, yeah. Mm. She's like, what's the jealousy about? And I'm like, well, what if you enjoy more from him than from me or this or that, the other? And it turned into more of uh, her helping me see my own insecurities Instead of me making it about her, what she wants to do, it was more about my insecurities. Where was I inside of myself holding insecurity? And then she helped me come through the phase of being homophobic and realizing my homophobia was my fear of stepping into something that I never experienced and judging it because I don't understand it and judging it because the world says it's wrong. And then when she got me through that, 
it opened up a whole nother doorway of my powers too. Yeah. Because even in shamanism, we have this belief that you can't be a shaman unless you're balancing feminine and you're balancing masculine because some dimensions of thought and ideas and doorways require you to go through the require you to go through the masculine door and some require you to go through the feminine door. And if you don't have access to the feminine, you can't pick up on certain frequencies, energies, and spirits that you can't connect with because they live in that feminine realm. So we have to be able to be mutable and fluid and, and open so that we are. And so that's why for us, it's important. And so for me at that time, it really it was it was almost like a blessing that she came into my life at that time to help me to 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 move through that through that place within myself, and it gave me a greater understanding of who I am. So that way, I'm able to be with my friends who are super macho and help them develop their feminine nature, and then I'm able to be with female friends who don't understand certain men and why certain men are doing certain things, or my male friends who don't understand why women are doing certain things, and I can kind of facilitate between the two in this very loving and open, expansive way. Yeah, and I think that's the powerful thing about this whole soul sexual thing you're talking about is like I can be in a group with my uh, like five straight male friends and and we're like bonding, we're getting along, we're doing everything and then go hang out with a bunch of women and also feel feel that and give them what they need. And it's very very fluid. But you said something that I thought was interesting. You said anything my with my dad, anything uh weak was was there's no no space for it. But why is there that association between gay community and weak? Like why is gay weak? Exactly. You know what I mean? Because exactly. I don't think it is. I think it's very strong. It's a very strong too. thing. You know, but you know where that comes from, thing. right? Where? That comes from the patriotic um, behavior, right? Mm. So if you look back in ancient times, women were oppressed and, and limited and held down because at that time, darkness knew that if the feminine was the strongest on the planet, darkness would not have a feeding vessel in which to keep pulling energy from to build its world and its dimension. So it needed to make a way to kind of snuff out the feminine. Because what is the feminine? The feminine is all-inclusive. The feminine is a circle. It, it It goes into inner and outer dimensions, whereas the masculine is much more of a linear projection, right? So the feminine creates an awareness of all components happening. That's why women can walk into a room and sense all the possible dangers. They can see where the exits are. They can see where the bathrooms are. They can see the colors on the wall. They can see all these different things, right? And so the understanding of, for instance, gay men who are activating the feminine, they're able to see those things as well, Mm -hmm. right? And so it allows allows evolution to progress at such a stronger, a faster, more quicker pace than being in this kind of sludging pace because of the fact that human beings are still operating in this very box mentality, this very kind of like constructive mentality that if it doesn't fit within the box, destroy it, kill it, annihilate it, get rid of it, right? And so the difference that I always say to people is like when a, when a masculine man who's not aware of his feminine sees a butterfly or some kind of creature, he'd rather take it apart and poke <laughs> at it and see it bleeds to see how it works so he can understand its mechanics. Then he understands what it is. Whereas a female holds it and sees it, she already sees its delicate nature. She knows that by poking at it and ripping its wings off, it's going to kill it. It's going to hurt. It's going to be in pain. So the feminine shows you both inner and outer dimensions. And so what why so when women were oppressed and any men at that time were showing any form of feminine energy they were put to death immediately mm. because they were told that they were a threat to the system because if you are a feminine man and you are activating heart energy and you're operating from that field you can begin to construct in a way that comes from consciousness where you can see corruption quickly 
And once you see corruption quickly, you're able to speak about it and make changes to put it back in its natural order, which is for love and for all people, right? And that's not what the system wanted. It's a threat to the patriarchy. Of course yeah, it is. Yeah, Absolutely yeah. it is. Yeah. So the idea of weeding out the feminine men passed down from generation to generation to generation in order for a man to be someone, he has to have money in the bank. He has to be good in bed. He has to meet certain criteria for a woman to feel that that's a man, mm, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's been placed up in a box, right? So then we're raised by our fathers to be strong, you know, to, 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 put, to build a foundation, to get a good solid job, to like, you know, to do all of these things. And that's why men play the pissing game with each other of like, you know, like who can get laid as many times yeah. and like all this kind of stuff, you know? And like, even though I watched when I'm with my buddies, like the other night I was, we had game night with my buddies and all they were talking about when we were having game night was like how much, you know, how much pussy they got and how, you know, and, and how, uh, you know, uh, you know, how many women they could have and like, what, what, what is it like for me being with the princess and like, you know, like all of like, it was just like talk about their dicks and it was talk about sex and talk about dominating uh, that, that arena. And then I threw in there, yeah, but wouldn't it be nice? to be loved unconditionally? Wouldn't it be nice to show up in your heart space? Wouldn't it be nice to show mm -hmm. up in a way where you're creating a different view of yourself versus not based on like how much money you have in the bank and whatever? And it, it started this conversation and a lot of my male friends were like, we love you and hate you. Yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. And you're I, forcing them to look at it and then shift the whole conversation. Right, yeah, because yeah, they yeah. love me because they love me, but yeah. then they're like, we hate you because you're right. Yeah, you're, like, yeah. you're saying shit to us that, we now have to restructure our whole childhood from what we learned from our father's fathers. Because a lot of my friends, you know, are, they're coming from Texas. They're coming from like, yeah. you know, places where they were on the farm with the horse, you know, and they grew up with a parent who was like, I'm a man. This is a man. This is a woman. This is a life. Yep. You have a baby. You yep. have a this. You do this. And now me coming and being friends with them and hanging out with them. And they're just like these Texan boys. And they're just like... <laughs> They're like, God, Tom and Dirk, you know. <laughs> yeah, but you're right. You know, and, and, and it makes them really change the way that, and a lot of my male friends will come to me and even my Muslim friends will come to me and be like, yeah. I've completely changed the way I've been treating my woman because you've helped me to see that there's an imbalance, Yeah. right? And yeah. I think, so I think, you know, that whole idea of what you were saying is like, no, being gay is not weak. But they have to understand that the whole consciousness of the word faggot, for instance, represented the wood that you would throw on the fire to burn. Right, the, to, to burn. To burn yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. To burn and set fire to those who were not in alignment to the patriotic system yeah. that was being built at that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, 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 where we are in consciousness is we're coming out of that. And we're coming and we're realizing, most people are realizing that the reason why divorces are happening and the reason why people are splitting up is because they're still not in alignment to that nurture, be nurtured energy, right? Which is like, I want to worship my friends. I want to worship my lover. I want to worship people. That is how I live my life. If I'm not worshiping you, like I'll like be rubbing your leg. Yeah. Like I want to connect. I want to touch. I want to feel. I'm very tactile, yeah. you know? By me worshiping you and filling you up, it, and then also you choose to worship people as well and you fill each other up, you create this beautiful wellspring of energy that feeds people on the planet. So you feed people this, this energy that people begin to walk, you begin to walk in the room and people are like, I love when you're around because you make me feel, I feel good about myself when I'm around you because I'm being loved unconditionally. I have friends who can do anything. I have friends who will literally take off all their clothes and just sit in the room with me. And I'm like, whatever, <laughs> dude, you know, it's fine. I've had situations where I've been with friends and they would jump in the shower with me, yeah. you know? And mm -hmm. like another girl would jump in the shower and we all take showers and wash each other like kids. Yeah. And it was just that, you know? And it was just that 
that connection. It wasn't about like us needing to have some kind of crazy sex or something. It was just like, let's just wash each other's bodies yeah. and like, like back to the Grecian times. Let's like, let's get out of these, these boxes and see how we can actually create new forms of intimacy versus put ourselves into a situation where we're beholden to these old patriotic belief systems and, and so forth. And I think what you're doing, what I'm doing, and what everyone is doing right now is really to break down those walls. Yeah, I feel that. I really do. Everything you're saying, I'm so resonated with. And that, that's normal to me, everything you just described, the people jumping in the shower with you and everything. And it's just fine. It's fun. It's okay. It's not, it doesn't even have to be sexual. Yeah. It's just I was like at, we're open and we're kids. I think it's the most... I was at the, this festival. It was, it was a lightning in the bottle. Uh-huh. And it was like... Uh, they had like a showers where you take showers. We're camping out and stuff like that. Yeah. And we're taking showers. And my friend was like, oh, you're gonna, are you going to go naked in the shower? I'm like, of course. They're like, yeah, but you're shamatur. A lot of people know you. I'm like, and? <laughs> and so I go in the shower and this guy's sitting next to me. I mean, this guy's taking a shower next to me and this girl's is showering. And they just come over and they start soaping up my body. <laughs> and he's just like, oh. And he's like so- soaping my ass and everything. And it was just the most beautiful <laughs> experience. I got washed by these two, these two beautiful, beautiful people. And, my, and it was just a beautiful, for me, it was like being a little baby again. Yeah, it was yeah. just like, oh my God, I love this. This is so wonderful. <laughs> yes, lather me up. So you're coming in with that open intention and people can feel that. They really can. When you're closed off, the whole room can tell. When you come in and you're the light of the world, they can feel that too. Yeah, very much you know? so. So tell pe- uh, So how can people get in touch with you? How can people get on this, this journey? You're taking people to Germany, yeah. you know, and I definitely want to bring you back on the share again. I, you know, because we could, you and I could go for hours. I know, I can keep talking. I know, but I have my assistant in the background and she's like, uh, wrap, it, wrap, wrap it up, wrap it up, wrap it up, wrap it up. You have other meetings. Yeah, I would, uh, people can come and, and um, to my Instagram page, Frank Ellaridi, or I think the best way is YouTube and kind of get an idea of, of these stories that I'm telling from all over the world, whether it's Brazil with John of God, Costa Rica, I doing ayahuasca or, or the third eye stuff in Germany. And um, so it's just Frank Ellaridi. Uh, is is the name of the YouTube channel? So Frank Ellaridi, and I'm sure they can get that from your uh, from the show notes here. Mm-hmm. And um, I would love to connect. And in beneath every one of the videos, any of the Third Eye videos, there's a link to the Eventbrite uh, page where they can get tickets for Germany. Yay! Yay! It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When are you doing this trip? So that's October sixth. Fantastic! Oh, perfect. Yeah, and it's perfect. seven days. Excellent. I'm excited. Sounds cool. wonderful. People are going to have a wonderful to get some time. Tri- tribal members in there. That'd be amazing. Yeah, <laughs> that's fantastic. Tribal members, go to this journey and see in the dark with your eyes closed. This is amazing. Thank you so much for being on thank today's you, share. Thank you. Thank you so much. This yeah. conversation has taken us to so many places. I love it. I love it too. Yeah. And that's why we're going to have to bring you back on so that we yeah. can have more fun together. For sure. It's like I literally, <laughs> we're making love to each other through our consciousness. I know, I, I feel love it. it. I wish I'm this totally, table wasn't totally, between us I'm totally right turned on, <laughs> turned on by you. It's wonderful. Okay. <laughs> this is great. So thank you, my love. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Tribe, so, you know, it's important for you to um, just take everything that you heard and just bring that into every level of your life and look at in your life, where are you putting yourself in boxes? Where are you holding yourself back from being data open to allowing yourself to experience all these things? Just like Frank said, going on these journeys, meeting different people. There's so many people in this world we can meet and we have to be open to all the experiences that happen for us. So it's so important. And do go check out the YouTube, you know, check them out on Instagram. I know you're going to be very happy to connect with 
such a beautiful man, a beautiful soul, uh, because he is a tribal, he's lit, he's a tribal member, and it's what it's about. You can also follow me at Shaman Durek uh, on Instagram and go to shamandurek.com if you want to level yourself up with some cool powers. Go to the Shaman School, learn shamanism, get involved in what's going on, and remember, be the leader that you are. Remember, you're not a follower, you're a leader. You came here to leave legacy and do just that. Keep it lit. I love you. And until next time, see you later, alligator. Bye.